Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Adam Burke. He is the co-author of Startup Program Design. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Startup Program Design. Let, let's. Uh, why don't you tell us what that what that book is about? The book is about. Oh, we'll start with subtitles because I can't resist uh, doing everything backwards. The book is about corporates engaging with startups through some sort of a vehicle, which is usually an accelerator. Uh, um, that is one use case. The rest of the book is more broadly about ex- startup accelerators and other startup programs don't necessarily have to be, of course. So it's a two-sided market. Uh, you have corporates, NGOs, nonprofits, cities on one side, startups on the other side, working together for a common goal, usually through the uh, vehicle of an accelerator or an incubator or some program, hence the program word gotcha. like that. We can unpack all yeah, let, let's if, Yeah, let's start by kind of unpacking year, yeah, that just ahead. a little bit. So, you know, we hear those words, accelerator, incubator, tossed around. You know, briefly, what yep. what are those and how are they different? So an incubator now has been used as an early stage accelerator, which I I don't think that's what it is. An incubator is sort of like what you would think of as an incubator giving warmth and and super early stage vital support. So it could be real estate mentors. A lot of incubators do not offer funding, but if you think of a physical building um, with access to mentors, programming, community, uh, real estate, and desk space, I think that is what has become to be the common accepted definition of, a, of an incubator. An accelerator, uh, you know, we had to go back and do our own. We knew what it was. We, Paolo and I joked about, you know, a big, big A versus little A. You know, they have all these different interpretations. The original accelerator and uh, making sure we're giving proper credit to Techstars and Y Combinator, I think they both came out right, right at the same time. And I think Brad Feld will say the same thing. Um, the definition was a cohort-based um, funding uh, um and mentor-driven were the three main elements. And, and that rings true pretty much today. Um, but what's interesting that we found in the book and what's, what's real, it's being used for a lot of different things. So then the job to be done becomes a little bit different. It's not just for finding uh, unicorns to invest in. So whereas originally started as a group of angel investors, um, for the purpose of sort of accelerating their growth um, through mentorship and cohort-driven kind of activities. The sort of cohort stuff is stuck. The mentoring is stuck. But I think who's sponsoring accelerators? Now you have a lot of corporates. You have NGOs, as I said. Uh, you have cities. So we, we call that sort of circle one in the book. Uh, the objectives uh, have changed a little bit too. So now some of it's just understanding, you know, 
market research on the corporate side, it's new technology, it's jobs, it's economic development, uh, it's equity, it is uh, climate. And then of course, the other piece of that, the startups have remained the same, but even that you can unpack and there's all different types, teams, uh, you can have individual founders, no team at all, different stages, different maturity levels. So you're sort of throwing those three main ingredients in and coming up with a gotcha. program, which then needs okay. to be designed. So before we dive into the economic development sort of aspect of this, what you, you mentioned that corporations now fund or run accelerators. What, what's in it for them? I mean, are they, is it a, is it a profit seeking venture or, or what is it? So the short answer is what's in it for them is either market research, new technology, or, oh, four things, market research, new technology, culture change, or maybe a defensive play where they actually are trying to make a return. That's what the original uh, CVC corporate venture capital. So we, we looked at this too, we called it the big bang of CVC. So within corporate venture capital, it's basically the first iterations of corporates working with startups, they were basically doing it to sort of a little bit of just a more nimble M&A mergers and acquisitions strategy, buying up, buying up startups. Um, I'll give a little credit to, I think, Gregor Jimmy is his name. He, he, I think, invented the venture client model from within this corporate venture capital where it was, it was, it did, it did look like venture capital where it was like, corporates were getting technology or talent uh, and they were giving up money in exchange for equity, classic exchange there. Uh, but they realized they might be, you know, and then aqua hire. So they were sort of sneaking in talent as an objective, even if that wasn't the main objective. Uh, differentiating, getting custom, getting technology by becoming customers was a different sure. trade. The trade is very, very specific there. They're not giving cash for equity. They're sort of giving access, maybe some cash um, for sort of the new technology and they become the first customer. So that was the first venture client model. And then we started to realize sort of the butterfly effect. There were all of these different jobs to be done. And as, as you create the, as you change the different jobs to be done, as you change the sponsor and as you change the type of startup, then the model itself right. changes. Right. So then do, do startups need to go you know, do they all need to be in an incubator and then be in an accelerator or how does that, you know, how does that, how does that differentiate? I think, I think this is sort of, I have my notes here and I'm staring at them. I think this is one of the, the cruxes I'm hearing a lot about, you know, the common front door and the entrepreneurial journey. I do not believe there is a right path. Uh, there was, if you were on the sort of if you were on the unicorn path, yeah, there was sort of a front door. There was, you know, go to an incubator or skip an incubator altogether, to be quite frank and honest, if you could get, get into a Techstars or a Y Combinator right. 10 years ago, um, you could sort of skip that step. And um, not only were those programs good at teaching you some of the content and, and almost like going to college for startups, the truth was back then, it was enough of a self-selection and, and, and a stamp of approval that there was probably uh, um, a group of later stage angels or early stage VCs who were waiting a demo day to, to write you a check. Um, and then your 
you know, A, B, C, D round could, could follow and, until IPO. That was, that was a specific journey that was kind of a straight line. If you, not everybody made it, but it was a straight line. Um, now I think, you know, be careful what you wish for when you give me permission to ramble in different directions. It, there's a million different journeys you could take. Um, but I do think there is sort of this front door, whether you call it an incubator, an accelerator or a university, frankly, um, validating, you know, there's, there's finally a lot of talk about validating your idea, uh, a lot of, um, you know, customer discovery and minimum viable product that that's a whole different episode, maybe of interpreting those words. Um, but, but yeah, I think there's a path and then it depends on what you're, what are you really trying? What do you need in this stage of your journey? Uh, do you need cash? You know, do you need a co-founder? Do you need, you know, venture studio? That's a whole different, I got to go through your backlog and see how many episodes you've done on that. But, um, no, it's no longer a straight line. I think a lot of the themes of maturity are still there in terms of, you know, sort of idea stage, team formation, um, problem, customer fit or validation, uh, product market fit, some idea of scale. Um, you know, a lot of these programs will have an idea, validate, grow, or a, there's usually three stages even within a lot of these programs. Um, I think that's almost going too far. I think the whole journey is, is that, so sometimes those programs should focus on one of those three journeys in my opinion, but nobody asked me for my opinion. <laughs> so, and I, this is, you know, mo these are mostly for, well, at least originally we're talking about unicorns and not everybody wants to, that's not the, that's not the goal of every one of these kinds of programs. I mean, if a local EDO puts together an incubator, their goal is not necessarily to to create unicorns, their goal is to develop entrepreneurship in their community or something. I think that was the first lesson I sat down when I moved from, from New York to Detroit. Um, so that, you know, you, you finally got an exclusive on your site. I think that's, it still says, uh, New York on my LinkedIn. Most people that know I'm, I'm in Detroit, but, uh, it's, it does still say New York. So here's the exclusive that I, I live in Detroit now. Um, I think that was when I went. I remember sitting down with folks from the Build Institute and that even that was this huge distinction, like are they small businesses uh, versus entrepreneurs versus founders? I think the Techstars team goes out of their way. I think, yeah, like Brad Feb will make, go out of his way to call them founders and entrepreneurs, like it's kind of a stuffy mm -hmm. word. Um, so yeah, I think. All right. What's, well, your, I get, I get, what's the question? Yes. I, they're, yeah, they're, they're different. different. Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They're, they're different. And so do they need different things? Do they need different services? Is it going to, yeah. So I, I think it's a great question. I think it's an important question. I think, uh, um, the short answer is that they're different in scale is really my simple answer. I don't, I don't think they're that much different in the beginning in terms of understanding what problem you're solving, who's your primary customer. Um, all three of them have feasibility, viability, and desirability if you use the design thinking uh, framework. So I think a lot of this stuff in the early stages um, does overlap. I think a lot of programs get a little, they almost take it, the pendulum swings back the other way where they're recognizing that they're different, but then small businesses, small business incubators get a lot of like, 
you know, accounting work and legal, you know, and it's, it's, I still think that in the early stages of an idea, whether it, whether the founder's intention is to be a unicorn or a small business, I do think they're the same. I think you need to understand who's your customer, what problem are you solving is, you know, my favorite term, shout out to Ty and John. Um, but yeah, and then some sort of a business, you know, a validated business model and what's your solution, what's your product. And then, yeah, what, what's your scaling plan if you want one then becomes sort of the second step. And you don't always have to have that in mind. Up front. You can be a small business that then I was talking to another friend who had a, you know, the classic and I, and this is not good or bad. It just is the classic small business, um, you know, cupcake shop. Right, is right. sometimes what is seen in it. And then, but he was telling me a story about how, you know, once they valid, once they were kind of, you know, they, they accomplished their goals, it's not just scaling in terms of more stores. Um, I'll bring it up. I'll add him to the guest list and he can tell the story rather than you trying to take away the credit. But just, yeah, it's not just about scale the old school way of like adding 10 more stores, the way that they were using technology and fundraising and, you know, just different types of business models to become, you know, I don't want to say entirely different company, but um, yeah, they're different. But I think, I do think the, the beginning stages are more similar than, than people not that they realize, but that they design for. Um, sure. But you also can't lump them into the, into the same exact. If you know someone, you know, the old school tech stars or Y Combinator model doesn't work for right. everyone either. Right. Yeah. So that, I guess that brings up what other sorts of issues, you know, do, let's say, EDOs that are, that are funding an incubator or even an accelerator, like what kinds of things are they doing that they shouldn't be doing that they're wasting their time? You know, what, what's a waste and what's, what's important. So I think, you know, I acknowledge that I'm a generalist here and I don't have my, my light. So this is a good time to tell the audience, you know, that I'm not, what is it? Certified? What's the role? What's the actual yeah, position? Yeah. I forget what it is. Certified something, yeah. but yeah. 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 So I'd almost, you know, if, if we have time, I'd almost like to go through eat rather than, go through the list. Like I have the list at the top of my mind of like, what are the jobs to be done of the, of the corporate accelerators, you know, mark, marketing, it's talent. It's, you know, what are the startups looking for? They're looking for funding. They're looking for co-founder. I think that this lens is interesting. Uh, I, everyone talks about job creation and I do think I can answer in that sense. It's like, you know, if you're just trying to clone Silicon Valley and, you know, do a demo day and, and just blame the fact that there's not you know, an Andreessen Horowitz in, in right. every and that's, city, and in every honestly, city. That's like a that, real, that's, that's a challenge, like, right? I mean, that's what you hear that all the time. You know, we did this demo day and, and nothing yeah. happened because the capital's not here. Right. I, I think that, so yeah, so there's an, so there's one out of the, the rest of them, I'd rather go through a list of things that, you know, what are people actually doing? What sure. are they expecting? Yeah, let's do that. What's broken? What are the, what are the features? But, but yeah, I think that's a classic, uh, classic one. And I think it's a good place to start. And there's, well, this is sort of not what the program, but I also think there's a lot of vanity metrics and, you know, I, I definitely, you know, pay a lot of homage to lean startup and sort of what are you measuring? Uh, there's a lot of people, 
in the startup and innovation world that are focused on, you know, metrics and, and value metrics. Um, this idea of the ESOs or EDOs, like, would you say that there's a bunch of ESOs that are reporting to an EDO? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, Is that's that how exactly how would... I'd say it works. So, yeah. So I would say that there's still not enough cooperation between and among the ESOs that are also looking at value metrics in terms of like how many people showed up or how many people took the class or, you know, some survey that asks like, are you more familiar with entrepreneurship or small business ownership? Like, I think that is one thing. Admittedly, I, you know, I got no ask for my opinion, but I, I think there's, there's not enough specialization, um, within an ecosystem where it's like, okay, we're just going to handle customers. I already mentioned earlier that like all these programs sort of have their main, but that, you know, their main USP, so to speak, their, their own selling proposition or their own focus. But then they're also trying to get teams a little earlier and a little later and also do a demo day and also match them up with investors because they don't trust the, you know, ecosystem is going to get their teams funded and obviously looks good for that program, you know, if they get funded from their program. But if that's not their job, if their job was teaching customer discovery or, or, getting an MVP out the door, an actual MVP where you're testing, you know, a specific, you know, learning objective with, you know, a unique early step, you know, set of early adopters. Um, a demo day is not the right format. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. The funding yeah. next yeah. is not. The, so, so, um, yeah, I think there needs to be more co cooperation. Uh, um, and they're all getting that money from the So what you're saying, you're saying usually they anyway, should all or... not be doing everything. They need to all specialize in, yes. in what it is that they can do best at, at their stage. And then they should cooperate so that they're just not trying to grab everything because they're, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Possible. And it's, it's, it's so, it's so ironic too, because you know, startups have, and, and startups and small businesses and individual founders have the same problem. I, I frankly have the same problem when I'm looking at, you know, with, um, without a mentor or without someone who's challenging me, I'm likely to do the same thing, but I think it's, it should be a little, you know, I'm, I'm naive and I'm idealistic, but it's when you're all getting your money from the same, you know, source to begin with, and you have to have, and, and frankly, you're the one responsible for teaching this to startups. Yeah. I, I actually think the responsibility is a little bit higher that like, this is what we do. This is who we're looking for. Um, this is what you get. You know, they're all three month or six month. Some of them are, are nine or 12 month programs. Maybe there's a fellowship that's two years, but like, this is who we're looking for. You, you know, this is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to give, you know, so making that trade very clear. Um, even if you're not giving equity, you're still giving your time. You're still giving data. You're still giving something. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, you know, VCs, some of the good VCs were always did a good job of this. Like, even if we think you're a good business, if you don't fit our vertical, we're not going to invest in. Right. Right. And, and so they would say no, not because, you know, not because it was fair or unfair. There's still structural problems with VC, but in this case, they were a good, they were a good example of staying true to their thesis, their investment thesis. Um, and I think ESOs need to do the same thing. And I also think, uh, whereas a VC might not send a team to their rival competition, I think ESOs, if you're all in the same community, 
or ecosystem anyway, it, it needs to be much more transparent. I remember also Detroit, one of the first thing from the same organization, frankly, um, Bill. I think it was build.org. They had a biz grid or the, oh, they'll, they'll be so mad if I, maybe you'll, maybe I'll edit this and throw in exactly what the right project was, but there was, you know, that, that, that map of all the service providers. And it was like, it was static. At the, it was good. They were the first ones to do it. And you see a lot of this now where these are all the service providers, but the entrepreneur doesn't really see that in real time. Like they just kind of see in the beginning, they either want money or they want funding or they want a, a grant or they want a course or they, someone's telling them they need to learn AI or learn how to code. There's not this cohesive journey. And again, I'm not, I don't think it's predestined that the journey, but I do think the next step, like two programs probably know 80%, like where they come from. There's a guy, Craig Elias, who's doing a great job of this in Calgary. Like, where are you coming from and where are you going to next? You don't have to map out the entire journey, but I do think sort of that think global, act local idea of like each program should know 50 to 80% of where they're getting their their folks from and what the most likely next step, it's not always going to be VC. It's probably, you know, in these cases, 99% of the time, it's not going to be VC. So where are you sending your people to next? Where is that? a success. Like, I think that journey, uh, is mappable, is knowable, especially at the ESO level. And then at the ADO level, they should be paying attention, not just to statistics, but to that journey. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it's not just enough to say that we're going to train up entrepreneurs and they're going to, you know, go off and do great things. We can't, we need to know what the next steps are, where they've, where they've been, and all of that, and then yeah, have that figured out. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of them are, you know, they're going to, some of those, they're going to get funding and some will say that like, oh, the funding failed because the startup didn't make it, but now you have a, tra- you know, you have 10 new product managers, you know, that understand how to manage a product at the start. They stay in the right. ecosystem. You have mentors, you know, you people talk about these, these cities, you know, getting back to the Andreessen comment, like, oh, we, all we need is 10 exits so that that founder then puts all their money. Uh, and I know it's not that simple. Some, sometimes people do think it's that simple, but um, it's more than just the capital being, re- being reinvested. It's, yeah, it's modern um, product management, management practices. You have more mentors that are, that are, helpful and asking the right questions and not just the know-it-all, you know, I had an exit, do this, you know, and understanding founders' journeys and small business owners' journeys. So, um, you know what, that's really interesting. That is a, a really good way of looking at this because it's not just about the exit and the, and the money. It's about building up the ecosystem, you know, developing all the different pieces and parts of it regardless of what happens with the actual companies. Yeah, I think there's, I think that's another thing. It's sort of like, instead of like waste and byproduct, I think there's the, whatever the opposite, or, uh, it's like, uh, what the, what's the opposite of uh, externalities and byproducts? It's like, uh, like, yeah, there's this extra value where that cliche of like the sum is greater than, or the, the pieces are greater than this. Right. Well, it's, it's sort of like, Um, if you think of it, like maybe an agricultural metaphor, you know, maybe you grow the, you know, you grow your 
garden or whatever. And, you know, it's not the greatest fruit and it's not perfect, but you till it all back in and it feeds the soil. And then the next go round, it's going to be even better. And so it's, I love a good soil metaphor. Yeah. yeah. So like the startup failed, but yeah, then they went back to a local startup as a product manager or even as a consultant or a teacher. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and, and this happens and this, this is what was interesting. It's like, this goes back to that big bang of CVC is that you saw like corporates weren't just looking for founder, you know, within, within the purchase of the company. Yeah. They were not just getting revenue, but they were buying, they're buying founders, they're buying revenue, they're buying market research. Um, so the same thing is true at, at an EDO level, like you're buying jobs, you're buying stories. Like, let's be honest about, you know, I'm having this conversation more and more you know, like demo days, are stories, their content, like that's fine, but the stories should be, yeah, it should be the, it should be known that those stories are sort of the byproduct or making right. the soil yeah, or the comp the actual so output of the, of and the then, program, but, they, yeah. but they're not, but they're not the, they're not the beautiful apple or corn or right. Or what, what have you, but they, they are an actual output right. that, is valuable yes. in the scheme. Yeah. Interesting. So someone needs to be looking at the, the net value. So it's like, I've been trying to figure out a way to, to sort of assign value, you know, the, the future value of a founder. But it's like, if you know that in a job board, like at some point, someone's going to pay $50,000, you know, to recruit that person. And they're also worth it from the, you know, as a job, you know, in economic development, like their and their story is valuable in terms of like, you know, someone reading it or you're on your podcast listening, like there, there's value beyond the exit. I think Grand Circus is or was doing a good job of, of this in Detroit. Um, I don't know who else is really looking at sort of the other intrinsic value of these programs. I guess people are. Yeah, so, I'm sure people know. are, but I think that's, yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into this? How did you, you know, um, you wrote Startup Program Design, so plainly you looked into this and you, you know, have this real interest. So how did this all come about? So this is interesting. So I literally did this. So the the startup side, we again, we'll go back or I'll just, I'll just we'll go to my bio. The, the startup side was, Serial entrepreneur. I started a sharing economy like company, Neighborrow, Neighbors Borrowing, 20 years ago, which led to a lot. You know, when that failed, led to, you know, the classic what problem are we solving in human centered design and a lot of lean startup stuff and what could we have tested differently? Um, so that was just the whole entrepreneurial journey. But what led to this stuff was. You know, after I had moved on from Nabarro, I started mentoring, you know, I, I found joy in teaching some of the stuff to other entrepreneurs and so doing workshops and early stage validation kind of stuff, you know, going out, literally getting out of the building, talking to customers, understanding their pain points, understanding empathy, you know, ethnocentric design. Um, um, and then, um, well, I'm Oh, well, fast forward. Yeah. So I started mentoring in a lot of 
a lot of these programs. Paolo invited me to Italy to mentor his program, I guess is how, how I got into it. But, but yes, it was more and more. I, I did a lot of work with the Google for startups, um, accelerator, uh, the world food program. A lot of these case studies that were in the book are, are, uh, either ecosystems or specific accelerators uh, that I was either just mentoring at or helping them design, uh, with the best interests of the accelerators objectives, but also what were the startups really doing there Were the startups just kind of getting free food and a check, uh, and travel, um, or were they doing the kinds of things that the program was hoping that they would get out of it? Sure. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, Paolo in Italy, what was it like in Italy? What was the, you know, what was the ecosystem like there? Nothing. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me the easy question. I was going to say nothing's ever as good as it sounds right. on paper, but but mentoring start mentoring startups in the northern Alps of Italy was actually. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll sort of let him speak for. There's some stuff that made it through to the book. You know, I think there's the classic like, you know, the program was designed to create. You know, and I'm even going to botch the story, but the the pieces are interchangeable. Like. We were there to create unicorns and jobs, but really we created this. Um, so they took a lot of their uh, influence from Startup Chile, which was basically like, here's a check, here's $50,000 moves to, to Chile and economic <laughs> development will ensue. And even they, you know, they were the leaders and they invented this model in this space. There's people, I, I think I see it all over the country. Like it might even be up on your updates every week, like a new domestic city in the U.S. that's kind of offering something similar. Tech Peaks was, was definitely built on that model. Um, but even they've gone through iterations of what are they, are they trying to create jobs? Are they trying to create unicorns? Are they trying to bring VC in? Uh, you see a lot of cities doing hybrids of that model. So maybe that's the big bang. There was the big bang of CVC. Maybe there's the big bang of sort of economic development non-dilutive funding. So I think Startup Chile definitely gets credit for being the, the creator of that space. Uh, what was the question? Um, yeah, I, well, yeah, what, what was, was going, going on? Really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, for me, I, I, I had the beauty of, at that point, you know, I'm at that point in my career, I was looking at this from the founder point of view, the meaning like, who were they? What were they creating? At that time, I knew the, the lean startup and the and the early stage human-centered design kind of stuff. I knew enough to get involved at the program level. So how are they men matching mentors? What content were they creating? Who was, who was there you know, to build a team? Who was there to learn? Who was there to, how did the universities get them? But I wasn't quite at the level of understanding what, if TechPeaks was the ESO, I didn't quite understand at that point what the EDO, what their real goals were. Um, that didn't come out, you know, until Paolo and I would sit down and be like, all right, what was the government really trying to do with this $20 million and what's the real story? But again, for the, the true behind the scenes, we'll, we'll have to call Paolo and we'll see what's in, what's actually in the book. And then uh, we'll call Paolo Absolutely. for the rest. So I, I think what's really coming across here as the EDO, they really need to have defined what it is that they're trying, what they want to get out of this. They can't just throw money at it. I think so. I, I think so. I think it's easier said than done, obviously, and it's much easier for a consultant and an author to sit back and and I think that it's okay to learn new things along the way. So it, you can have this responsive design and say, oh, we didn't realize 
we were getting that or that's not working. I, I think that that's totally fair and normal. But yes, at least try, you know, you, or, or at least like be honest with yourself. Like, all right, what these are the top three? And is there a, a correlation or, or a causation between what we're putting in and what we're getting out? But yeah, I think I was very proud. Like the original thesis in the book was just going to be how to design it. So how do you like take the fact that there's an accelerator and there's mentors, there's curriculum, there's time period, you know, there's all these variables, ingredients, features, basically, uh, that you can remix to create an accelerator. You can call it whatever you want, or a hackathon, a challenge. I, I think, I think where I was proud that we pushed through is like taking a step back and being like, yeah, there's a, there's a remix at the higher level too of like, yeah, what problem are you trying to say? You know, at first I felt guilty about trying to push that narrative. It's like, okay, who is running this program? What problem are they trying to solve? And it's not just startups. Like, are you trying to work with early stage small businesses locally? Um, are you working with university research students and trying to do more tech transfer? Um, are you like, who you're working with, what you're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, and then, yeah, of course, is it okay to, is it okay to throw a couple hundred grand, you know, you know, I don't want to start just spending people's budgets for them, but yeah, if you're, if you're committing to a 10 year plan and multi millions, tens, even hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Then I think you need to get serious about what are you really, are you buying jobs? Are you buying, um, unicorns are you really trying to move move uh vc into your neighborhood um yeah you see a lot of these lists coming up like most you know uh developing ecosystem and a lot of those are either framed by most active number of startups or active vc deals but even that kind of vanity metrics but but if you really are saying we're going to be one of the new top 10 cities in VC, fine, that's fine, right. no problem. Right, but you have to actually define, you have to actually There's define all. that and say that because otherwise it's, yeah. I think so. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, yes, I think so. And at least to yourselves, to some of your internal board, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, if the means justify the ends in some case, don't scam your whole entire ecosystem, but if you're getting excitement and enthusiasm, by being on some of these lists and you know that you're bringing some, some, yes, long-term though, at least internally and probably externally too, but definitely internally. Uh, what are we trying to do here? So are there any non-vanity metrics? Yeah, I think so. I think you determine what it is. It's more of the match to what you said you oh, were trying right, to do right, than right. it is the metric itself, right? So like if you say you're trying, you're going for, you know, jobs and you're getting stories like that's a vanity metric if you're just lying to yourself uh, um if you really are going for a number of mentions on linkedin about you know like is that story about impact then a proxy for some other metric maybe i don't know but um you know if, if people are then moving to your you know to your town because of all the buzz then it's no longer a vanity metric. It's just, it's just misaligned. Right. <laughs> you know, but someone has to recognize the difference between misaligned metrics, vanity metrics, and then just straight up bullshit. Gotcha. Well, Adam, this has been good. Um, I've learned a lot. I hope that I've piqued some of our reader or listeners interest in this idea or sort of exploring what it is that they're doing. You know, should they, can they reach out to you if, 
you know, if they have some questions about this kind of stuff, yeah, what's the best way for them to contact the context, you? The strangest thing is now I think LinkedIn, I don't know if some people hate it. Some people love it. If uh, we can put a, we'll put an email address, Adam at startup program design. Uh, you can drop that in show the, notes. Yeah. Into the blog. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, I, I have found, I obviously have a lot of different from, from my work with startups to some of the corporate stuff. I have a lot of different things going on. LinkedIn does provide that that common front door to use a to use an ecosystem. Yeah, built a, a decade or, ago, who would have thought um, that LinkedIn would be what it is today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, for the book, for some of the specific, uh, um, like if you're an EBO and you are looking at your big strategy, um, yeah, use that use that email. Uh, the book do. email, perfect. Well, Adam, I'm so glad that we were able to finally uh, get together and, and have this conversation. Um, I think it's been really informative and I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.